You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today we have special guests with us. Uh, I have my roommate Raymond, and Alessandra has her brother Paulo. And today, oh, sorry, go ahead and say hi, guys. Hi, I'm Raymond. <laughs> hi, I'm Paolo. <laughs> okay, and today we are talking about um, the new series on Disney Plus, Loki. Season one uh, finished like what a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the newest Marvel show on Disney Plus. I think next up is like what? What if? Right? Is that the next one? I think so. Technically, yeah, yeah. The TV shows. And then we get Hawkeye, right? I yeah, the that's... Hawkeye show after that. And then Hawkeye. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna talk about Loki today. Um, where do we? Where do we want to start? Well, I just want to talk about it in general because yeah. I've heard um, through the grapevine that. A certain Raymond and Emily didn't really um, like this show, and I was in the more camp of this is my favorite of the Marvel shows that were released to us recently on Disney Plus. Really, I would also say really, so. I think it's it's my favorite so far. Yeah, I think like I really enjoyed. Obviously, we had an entire other podcast about uh, WandaVision and about. Um, falcon and winter soldier but i just was you know we know you know how we feel about those those shows if you listen to that podcast but to me that loki was a lot better um i don't know like visually i think it had a lot more interesting things going on and also Mm -hmm. um i really connected with the characters in a in a way that i was not expecting with this show, um, also because it is a lot more sci-fi, and I really love sci-fi-driven shows. So, for sure, definitely got like a got like a Doctor Who vibe from this show, which was really yeah. awesome. I mean, there were a lot of things that that was really awesome about this show. Like, yes, the visually it was awesome. Even the Doctor Who esque kind of like layout of the show was really cool. I actually really enjoyed episodes one and two of the show in general. Um, mm-hmm. I think there were just some. Like, I, I'm i going to say they're minor, but they kind of led me to not like the show just because of how the story turned out by the end. Like, just for the lack of, like, character and relationship de- development, really, on my end. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if we just want to jump right into it, but, like, I mean, the first two episodes were just, like, super strong. Like, you know, we get Loki and we didn't really think, like, I was actually surprised that we got like a Loki show, like out of all the characters. I mean, we know Tom Hiddleston's super popular. We know Loki's a very popular character. Um, and he's just been a really great little like side character in all of the movies uh, kind of leading up to this show. But I was actually really surprised that we actually got a series kind of like about him. I thought it was a little, a little, a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it really was a very big departure from the Loki character that we have known for the past 10 years like generally he is not a very like developed character and in any of the movies that he was in which he was like in a pretty good handful of them um in terms of like all of the mcu because like i don't know if you remember like paulo probably remembers this we were like obsessed with tom hiddleston and loki especially around avengers time in 2012 so that was like a big like I was not expecting that we would get this show. Like, I think if you had told us this when we were 18, we, I mean, it would have been been insane. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that time we had to wait like 10 years, but we would have been like, Tom Hiddleston ages well, probably. He's not going to like look bad or be a bad actor at that point. So I wouldn't have been able to function if we heard (laughs) that there was going to be a Loki show like back, back in high school for sure. Oh my God, you scared me. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, moved a little bit. Yeah. But Um, I don't know. Raymond remembers. You were there, Raymond. You went to the Avengers premiere with us. That was the beginning. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I think that I'm in a similar uh, mindset as you all started that I, uh, I think at the beginning of the, of this series that we got the character that we had throughout all the different Marvel movies and the exact kind of static character that we would have expected. The thing that I most appreciated about the show, I think within the first and second episodes, uh, primarily the first episode is when you have Owen Wilson's character Mobius and he completely breaks everything down for Loki and takes down all of his guard. And I think from that, we go from like the really static kind of juvenile, like chaotic character that Loki is from the other movies. And I think immediately you see him go like, oh, everything that I knew, um, I guess it didn't matter. And he gets like kind of goes through like like stages of depression and uh, his entire world worldview is rocked, especially I really appreciated the the shot where uh, some uh, somebody at a desk, he just opens a desk and he's got all the infinity stones and like multiple yeah. copies. And he's like, you just have infinity stones. This is insane. We just come across these all the time. Yeah. Like they're just they're useless and they have no power here. Like it's just it, it was Pillboy from a good place. Yes. Yeah. The actor. Eugene, uh, Eugene Cordero, I think his name mm-hmm. is. Yeah, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great actor. Yeah, yeah I loved I, th- I loved that. Uh that paperweight scene where that's how he refers to them to (laughs) infinity stones, because I think it's so um, honestly very bold of them to set up this entire Marvel cinematic universe phase that just culminates in these infinity stones and this, this Thanos battle. And then three shows in third show into this new phase. They're like, well, forget every, all of that. There's something that's so much bigger yeah. that is in play. And everything that you, that you, the audience, you know, of course, Loki is the, the subject that we kind of live this through. But I think it was very conscious of them to say, you, the audience, these Infinity Stones are useless now. Like, that's been there, done that. It's, well, you know, you should be more interested in what and what is even bigger than that. Um, yeah. yeah. And like very visually. But I'm touching on what you said, Raymond, about how they're breaking down Loki's walls and transforming into somebody who's like a lot more conscious of his reality now. I think that because they did that within the first two episodes of the show, even then, like, you know, writing something like that is really like, it's difficult to like believe that transition. And I think they did a really good job within like less than two hours to show us what he's done and how he's changed. It's just like, you know, writing an episode like that, like it definitely was the best of the the pilots that we've seen because of that, because it just set the scene so crazy. And, and the, the vibe was like set from the very beginning where, which was like very different from even WandaVision that took a while to really ramp up and you were confused in a different way in WandaVision where you're just like, okay, but like they're on a TV show, but like what is going on? Like we didn't get any answers for like four or five episodes in that show. And that was really, really frustrating. Whereas like the Loki show was like, this is pretty clear what's going on. They're explaining it to him. This is what it is. And and that's what we're seeing. So then it's a matter of like breaking that versus like being confused, like so confused in the beginning, you know? I do think I will agree. It was I do the think strongest this, pilot episode. Yeah, I think this show also did a really good job of kind of letting the information be very, uh, like, chief to the experience. Whereas in Wanda, it was a little bit more character driven in mm-hmm. that we wanted to see um, the way that she was emotionally reacting. Uh, whereas I think with this one, they were a lot more conscious about, I think, putting out the information that we needed to know. And even in the end, I think that, like, I, you know, a lot of people maybe have been talking to about how the end, you know, this is the, this is the last episode of a Marvel show. You know, if we really think of it like a Marvel movie, usually the climax is a big, gigantic intergalactic fight. And I think instead they decided to just do, you know, there was a fight between Sylvie and Loki, but I think it was, it was more about, all right, here is the information that you're getting at the end of this show. Mm-hmm. And this is all you have to go off of. 
Yeah, and, and not a lot of characters, really. No, like it a was very so, small amount of characters. So bare bones, um, and such a kind of uh, unique way to end the first season of a show, and really. Um, Set it up. just doesn't really feel like Marvel the way that they're doing it, you know? Yeah. Which is that your gripes from the ending and, and stuff like you guys kind of devolved into what you ended up liking in the show? Um, I'm sorry, read the question. Like, is that what you didn't like about the end? You didn't like the end of the show? I think, I mean, I agree with what you guys said about because especially since there will be a season two, we can definitely... Um, probably expect more action scenes if there even will be i mean there really wasn't that much action in this show and i didn't mind that um that the couple of action scenes that we did get were a little lame a little bit <laughs> like a little lame um so i actually liked a lot of the talking i guess it was more of like a i one of my main grabs was how short it was because like i felt like it started off so strong and then the introduction of Sylvie and Loki's like Sylvie Loki and Loki Loki. Yeah, their romantic yeah. relationship was so out of the blue and almost forced to me that like and I and even though I like Sylvie a lot, like I really like the character. I loved the actress. She was so great. I mm -hmm. did not want them to have a romantic relationship. That was the farthest thing I wanted um from them to have like they couldn't have mm -hmm. thought of something else to like sort of like or just them being friends like actually a Loki liking another Loki just even in like a platonic sort of way like could have started a nexus event but the fact that it had to be a romantic relationship I just I wasn't here for it and that really irked me and then <laughs> we kind of got to see um Jonathan Major's character at the very end right that's the actor's name um yeah. at the very end he had like it was a lot of talking um the the conversation they had maybe could have been written a little bit better because I just felt like a lot of what was happening, I like I wasn't believing him. Like we maybe needed him to come in a bit sooner so that we could like kind of get used to him. Like, mm -hmm. especially with how weird the last, like how different the last episode was. Like, I just felt like we needed more time with these like relationships and characters that they're just kind of dropping in on us. Like all the, like throughout the whole mm -hmm. rest of the, of the season. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would think the, yeah, the short, the shortness of it for sure that lends to it for sure yeah, yeah i would i would agree with i mean obviously i agree with emily i i think this, about it. yeah the second half of the series um kind of petered out for me around the halfway point when they have the nexus event episode which is episode mm -hmm. four um mm -hmm. for for similar reasons i felt like some of the what really what i first was really drawn to in the show was the hey, here's this character who is a villain, he believes, as is the kind of um, his motto, he is burdened with glorious purpose. And then mm -hmm. he sees, oh, this is a burden. This isn't glorious, though, but this is my purpose. And he has to kind of come to accept that. I think if the series had explored that throughout and had some of that um, be like something that propels the story... Um, and ha and have like different sort of character motivated plot points. That is something that I felt I would have been a little bit more drawn to, where it felt more organic. Whereas I think um, what you were describing, Paula, where towards the end of it, they do have kind of a lot of information thrown out to you to get you in transition or to get you prepared for this transition into the next series, into the next uh, film, and kind of here's the next setup that we have. Mm -hmm. I felt like as an information dump, that wasn't very satisfying to me as a individual story, right? Mm -hmm. As this six episodes, I wasn't really satisfied with the story that it told because mm -hmm. it didn't felt like it was motivated by characters' decisions or any sort of like motivation. Towards the middle part, I felt like Loki was kind of a wimp and he went from being a character that had all this like, grandiose personality confidence yeah, yeah and that he um i think it would have been interesting to explore having a little like um kind of scrape in his armor where he has that kind of mobius scene that breaks him down breaks down his walls and if throughout the series we see him try and put them up try and figure out how am i going to keep being loki throughout this oh this isn't really going to work and had mm -hmm. you know him be the the centerpiece of the show uh which is sort of what i was expecting mm -hmm. um 
and towards the middle part of the series, it just felt like he was like, I guess I'll be good. But like, I'm going to be good, not necessarily because that's what I want, but I'm going to be good because that's what the plot needs of me in order to forward it along. And that's sort of where I lost interest with the show because it felt like all of the decisions within the story had to happen because we need to get to the next plot point and not necessarily because the characters, um, you know, their personalities, their interests, their goals necessitated us to move in that direction. It was more of what's the next plot point? We got to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I felt, I I just felt kind of bummed out by that. I I agree with you. I I, I totally agree. Um, I disagree with Emily in not wanting this Loki and Sylvie relationship. I think to me, it was a very emotional thing that I didn't see coming. um, That I was like not anticipating having Loki in a romantic sense. Um, in any way. And so that's kind of what it shocked me. And I feel, I do think that the direction wise was really well done in that sense to try to really like propel that relationship in such a short amount of time. And it was a very short amount of time. Of course, I wish we had double the episodes because then it would be able to develop in a more natural way uh, rather than just pushed into these like extremely like well, especially since they were going to all of these like doomed places, they only had so much time to to get anything done. So it was kind of a, a way to write the story and make it really quick and snappy versus like having the actual time to settle um, and discuss things. So I agree with you, Raymond, about the plot thing. Like, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I would also say I definitely think that this was a super ambitious kind of project to do in six episodes and some of the scenes at themselves, you could tell that that was, that was in the, in the way that they were written. I mean, I think particularly in episode five, which I thought was actually the weakest episode of the whole series. Um, I mean, it was interesting seeing this kind of void and I loved all the other Lokis, but I felt like this, that scene with him and Loki where he's like putting his cape around her, like, and they were really trying to do, or oh yeah, right. him and Sylvie, I mean. Yeah. But, you know, they were really trying to foster that this connection is so real and it's so big and vulnerable for them. And I think that, you know, the two actors did a terrific job, I think, conveying that. But, like, I agree, Raymond. I don't know if it felt really earned in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it did feel a little trite. It felt like, oh, this is just another moment where they can get closer together before mm-hmm. the final plot point of them eventually pulling apart again yeah which i did feel was pretty devastating i i think in the end when when she She makes the wrong choice makes what we see as the wrong choice to to carry out her you know mission to to kill this this person and just the the uh, i it was so convincing the way that loki i just i think that change really worked at least for me and 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 how much he wanted to oh no oh he lost his airpods my airpod he's got to find it (laughs) how much he wanted to think that through that was all you get this airpod (laughs) yeah i definitely i definitely think that there was a connection there between them i think it was just the fact that i wasn't believing that they were romantic yet and then the very next episode or the second mobius comes back in he's like you two are in love. And I'm like, shut up, Mobius. Like, like, like <laughs> well, I didn't, yeah. like, the the fact that I didn't believe it and they were telling me what I needed to believe, that's, that's like, kind of what, what irked me. I mean, I, I definitely liked them, like, going through Lamentis together, like, trying to work mm-hmm. through this problem together. Like, I liked them together. Like, they were super great. They had great chemistry. Like, maybe I just needed, I needed a bit more time. But, like, just the fact that, I don't know. I mean... I guess a part of me also just didn't want the romantic relationship, but, um, but I still yeah. liked them. I liked them as a team. Like, I think they were really cool. Um, and I agree with you, Paulo, that maybe the, even though I really liked seeing all the Lokis and we have a, we have a crocodile, uh, yeah. alligator Loki. Loki. Yes. Alligator Loki. So I, I can never tell a crocodile from an alligator apart. Instant um, icon. Honestly, hysterical. I, I mean, mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From that post credit scene uh, at the end of episode four, when I saw an alligator with the Loki horns, I was like, that's that's unbelievable. But also with, obviously, Richard E. Grant in yes. in a Loki role. 
I mean, in the in the like a uh, what is it like uh, not vintage, but like the oh, like the comic book Loki like mm-hmm. outfit, like he yeah. was he was like the OG Loki basically, um, and just all of them like their whole it felt very like it was obviously apocalyptic, but it almost felt like uh, I don't know I want to say like Mad Max, but I'm probably thinking of like another movie where like they just because like them fighting over who was elected to be like the main Loki was just. It was funny. It it was a really funny episode, but yeah, it really kind of like, it really kind of like distanced itself from the rest of the season. It really kind of, it it shook it up. Like I don't know. And then it was it was hard to kind of like get back on track after that, um, a little bit. It yeah, just, that's a thing. I think the show just kept like throwing things in there that would just kind of like shake things up a bit too much, and it was hard to like refocus back onto like what was happening. Like it was, it just was. It was like weirdly all over the place, but still heading heading in a in a direction. Like weirdly enough, yeah. I don't know. Every episode, to be honest, took place in a different place, yeah. so it was very like weirdly struck. Like we don't see a lot of shows like that, which is probably why we relate it to Doctor Who because that is exactly the way Doctor Who is, and in a sense, like Doctor Who, like it's not like the prime television of the world. Like it's really kind of not the most easy thing to um really get attached to unless you're like ready for that, right? Or like you have like yeah. a an idea of what it is already. So like yeah. I felt like this one because it took place in various different places, every episode was honestly its own arc and and own thing that's going on in each episode. Like that one, you know, where he goes to um uh, the the uh, like future of Earth where there's that horrendous hurricane and it's about to destroy this like big shop and it's just like this is super random like I feel yeah. you know in a sense and like, even to like Pompeii like when they went there and he was just yeah. like throwing stuff out of this car and like causing a ruckus like it yeah it really it really had that quirky like Doctor Who like. A sense to it and even and even by the end I, like I kind of want to go back to what Paula was talking about like at the very end when Loki was trying to convince Sylvie that like maybe we don't want to kill this guy and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and it's and it's almost to a point where like we've been given the information sort of but like since since this last episode they were throwing a lot of new info at us and we maybe didn't quite have an idea of what was going on like you really kind of had to make a decision for yourself like maybe like it looks like what Sylvie did, like, by the end, it tells us that what Sylvie did was the wrong thing. But, like, leading up to it, like, this whole, like, back and forth of, like, should I you kill him? Should I not kill him? Like, yeah. we don't know. Like, we don't know who's right. Um, and, it's because like, Jonathan Major. I mean, Jonathan Majors is so good. Like, yeah. he is good. His performance, you are not sure if you should trust him. He's also somebody who is, like, been alone for millennia, it seems. And so he just has no, like... He's just so weird and and can't even, like, understand. He, like, would rather die, but he also doesn't give a shit. So he's just like, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, I, it's I did my best to keep character. things together this whole time. But, like, sure, yeah. you can go ahead and kill me. I don't care what happens to you guys. Like, if I'm gone. Doesn't matter. I don't care me. anymore. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's another reason why I was. it was hard for me to, like, believe him in the end. Because it's like he was just dropped in our laps. He just has had this whole long conversation like happening between the three of them and they're just like going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. who do I believe? What do I think? Do I like this guy? What was this guy even? Like, who is this guy? Like, I don't know any of the comics. I know he's supposed to be like, um, I think his name is Kang in the comics. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kang the Conqueror. He's a version of him. He's a A version of him. He's a variant. Like a variant of Kang. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what we're going to see is that probably in Doctor Strange or even in Spider-Man because there's there's going to be all of these multiverse things going on now because of this choice and obviously like this is the next setup of the rest of Marvel and like right. it is annoying that like it is kind of just leading up to that and I I get that that's like the main purpose of this show It's to really lead up to other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that's kind of annoying, but, you know, that's like... I mean, even some of the other Marvel movies, some of them were like that, where it was just like, this is a setup for the next thing that's going to happen, and that's like Right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know? And I think that's what sort of separates this from 
I I think it, it's fine it, because the the purpose of it being sort of a transition to be a setup to be really like what you need from this series is that there is a multiverse. Um, here is this character that is somehow stronger, and here is this institution developed by this character that completely trumps the last few phases that we've been working up to, like uh, with the Infinity Stones. That it that through his particular decision that he said, "There's a multiversal war. I created peace. I by killing all my other variants. This is the one way to live." life and i am keeping the and which is completely like authoritarian and fascist yeah, but exactly i think that um and that and that's fine and i think setting up a character like that is is really interesting to have like your next big bad i think uh just as a, a uh the way that i i enjoy shows I, i'm really looking to see like kind of the the little moments that kind of click for me and the things that take me out of that in that particular scene when they're like in his study and I enjoyed the the decision to make Sylvie and Loki be at odds and for them to have a fight. I really wish that that kind of happened sooner, I think, even before, because there's a scene where like, why, why wouldn't Sylvie just rush the table? Why does she wait for exposition to happen? She does it because he's really powerful, and then he does kind of like the time warp stuff where he's like, oh, 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 try again, try again. Yeah. Oh, you can't yeah. do that, right? And um, I think just some like slight decisions like that, I feel like kind of take me out of it where they're like, oh, I guess we'll just sit down at the principal's office and hear him do a, you know, a little monologue. And a presentation, basically. Yeah, because at that point, I am not thinking wow, this guy is the most powerful person in the universe, which we're kind of building him up to be. I'm thinking, okay, I mean, he's kind of tough. I, I wish they kind of would have kept fighting um, or, you know, done something to illustrate how powerful this person is versus him in his monologue saying, uh, giving the effect of, I'm very powerful. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like, you know, for me, it's a lot of the basic storytelling thing where, the series told me a lot of things which I needed to believe versus showing me why I should believe them, right? Mm -hmm. It's like what you were saying, Emily. Mobius has to tell the audience or has to tell Loki or Sylvie, you're in love with them. You know, mm -hmm. it has to say that for the audience. I think... In case you missed it, In case you missed love. it, mm -hmm. there it is. Did yeah. you miss it? And for, and for me, that's kind of stuff that, right. that took yeah. me out of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of the reason why I didn't enjoy it but I, I do i agree with you all like the kind of like the romp through time and space the sort of world building aspect of the series i think that was strong i think mm -hmm. developing the tva as this kind of um they had described it i was looking at some um the showrunners had described it as like you know it's this super cool time uh time travel thing and it's incredibly boring and bureaucratic and they yeah. suck all the life out of it um, I think that's a fun decision. Like it made it I, yeah. per like that's perfect. Like I, like, I really yeah. enjoyed a lot of the world building that they established in the first couple of episodes, and then in the fifth episode when they kind of do the the void stuff. I think that's a lot of fun, kind of sci fi mm -hmm. stuff. And mm -hmm. at face value, that is fun, right? My favorite yeah. part of the show it's the alligator Loki. That yeah. happens in the it has no bearing on the story. But yeah. it's no. fun. And it was at, it yeah. was random. It caught me off guard, and I just laughed for like five minutes straight. I was like, <laughs> "Why the fuck is this here?" And I and and it just and and that was like a really nice thing to see because like because I I was salty like after the after mm -hmm. the third episode I was like I was. I was just watching it to watch it. But then the fact that Alligator Loki was able to like kind of bring me out of my funk and like be like, all right, Emily, just like enjoy the rest of the show. Like there's random shit that's going to happen and it's going to be fun. Like, yeah, the kid like, was great as well. Stop being mm -hmm. such a downer and just finish the damn show. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, which that was Alligator Loki for me. I thought that the quirkiness definitely mirrored some of the quirkiness that we saw in WandaVision. Obviously, yeah. like, there was a lot of playfulness in that show as well, um, you know, with the different kinds of episodes, like, especially, like, the Malcolm in the Middle episode and the Modern Family episode and just, like, the, just the fun that we had in that show before it got really, really serious. I thought that was, that was definitely fun because that's what we want from these 
Marvel shows to really have a lot of time to have this fun that we don't really have in the sh- in the movies as much, you know. Yeah, like, I will yeah. say that the addition of Owen Wilson to this show was the best possible person they could have gotten because I think that he was so in in a very specific Owen Wilson kind of way, like really not um, a part of the fabric of these worlds that we've been used to in Marvel. And Mm -hmm. really kind of um, just so like delightful and just the, the, the jet ski detail of... He just, you know, of course, we we learn why, you know, maybe he had a jet ski in a past life. But, you know, just that that, that was what his personality was. And mm-hmm. I loved those scenes that he had with um, uh, Renslayer, Gugumabatha-Ra. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say, too. I really think like... that that was that obviously, you know, we, everyone's going to talk about the scenes between him and Loki and th- those that first episode, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of it was almost like a play, you know, just the way that there was such a clear objective that both of the characters had and they played them so perfectly. And it was, it was such a well-acted and well-done scene. But I do think that the scenes with him and Renslayer are a little underrated. And I think that Mm -hmm. the power dynamics there um, were Mm -hmm. a lot more skillfully portrayed, especially in the end, you know, when he's kind of taking the phone and Mm -hmm. I thought it was a, it was a very, um, a very mature performance, of course, from Owen Wilson, but I think it was more uh, more wonderful that they included him in the first place. That this mm-hmm. is the kind of actor that you get in Marvel's new phase. Mm-hmm. That you're not going to get the Chris Hemsworths and the, you know, a lot of the typical kind of um, easy casting. And I think it's a little more zany and a little more out there, like Catherine Hahn, you know, in WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. And it was a perfect comedic casting for a role that I don't think a lot of people would have expected Catherine Hahn to play mm-hmm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that that was really well done. Yeah. yeah. And could they have easily given, given Owen Wilson's character like to someone else that maybe we didn't recognize? Cause when you like, you know who Owen Wilson is, you, mm-hmm. you know him by his voice, you know him by the, by the funny personalities. Comedic char- yeah. Personalities that he plays. Like I, like I think he did such a good job that it, that I forgot that this like this isn't owen wilson this is mobius like this is a character that we've come to love and this like like just the fact that he's such a big name like didn't take away his character at all like he he really did a wonderful job and And definitely with renslayer as well i thought she was really great like her character arc was like just her being obsessed with finding this variant who's just been like avoiding her all of her life basically like they tried to capture her when she was a child and then she still got away and then she's just been avoiding them and and even when her entire like just idea of the TVA comes crumbling down, she still she still is so like I, I guess not close minded, but I guess she's still like hyper focused on her mission, which is still getting this variant because she has she has nothing else to live for now. Like her yeah. her whole idea of everything, her whole life, her whole thing that she's built for herself is just done. Yeah, and, and I was will alive. say. Yeah, yeah. It was a lie. I will exactly. say that that curtain, you know, behind the curtain moment at the end of episode four, where, you know, you, you see Sylvie decapitate these, these Robots. TVA, um, what were they called? I'm sorry. They were time, the timekeepers. Keepers. timekeepers. And yeah. just the, the fact that, that they were robots. robots, I think was the most, I, I didn't expect that even a little bit. I remember even watching it for the first time. I was so surprised that we actually got to see the timekeepers in episode four. I thought that was going to be the end of the show. I thought it was like, they're going to go <laughs> on this wild ride. And at the end, of, at the end, it's going to be Sylvie and Loki in front of the, the timekeepers. And that's Fighting where the time we will keepers. have our, our climax. But that I knew that they were gonna not do that. Like I, I've watched so much fucking sci-fi that, like, in my brain, I knew that that was not the be-all end-all. Like, they were setting it up like the timekeepers were the the be-all end-all. They're the ones who made this choice, and I was just like, oh, they're not real. Like, there's no way that it's wow. three people who chose like I lizard people. Like, no, this is not the way that it is. Like, I just clairvoyant. Great job, Alessandra. I'm just saying, well I watch a lot of. Good thing I, I wasn't know. watching this with you spoiling it. I didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. But I definitely told Danny. I was like, they're not real. <laughs> 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 like in the beginning, like I was like, this is not. This is all a lie. This is not true. Like. 
There's something up with it. There's not. I knew there was something up, but I didn't think they were robots. Yeah. I just, I didn't really, think that and they were real. and also the swiftness of action. I think that of her just like throwing a sword, and decapitation. Like it wouldn't be that easy. Come on, like ne- nothing is that easy. Like it's never gonna be that easy. So when it is, you're like skeptical, and you're like, it's just not. Yeah. Like, we really got to keep fighting for something, which is why Jonathan Major's character was kind of the antithesis of that. He was not, like, a god-like figure. He was, like, a quirky guy who was really lonely and just, like, didn't really care. weird. Yeah. Yeah. He was just really weird. And I think that it's just such a... You just... It's unexpected. It's not what you think is going to happen. And it's not what you probably wanted to happen. And that's why it's kind of like, oh, like, they did something different. This isn't what mm-hmm. we expected. I mean, you. I mean, like I said, I didn't expect Loki to, like, fall in love. Or even that episode where Mobius gets, like, he he gets, uh, what, a scalped or whatever? The he gets phased or something pruned. or whatever. Yeah, pruned. pruned. There we go. He gets pruned, and you're instantly sad because you're like, oh, we really got attached to this person. And now he's dead. And then obviously when it happens to Loki, you're like, oh my God. Like, it's really shocking. You don't like, don't expect that that would happen. And then he wakes up yeah. in like the, you know, other place, the pruning place. I don't know what it was. The void. Yeah. The void. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like, it, it's, it subverts your expectations as, as you're watching <laughs> Yeah, and I and I like that I I like that, you know, I'm glad that it didn't go the way that like I thought it was going to go because I'm just a fan. I don't know. I don't know what's good writing. I don't know what's good for the for the phase for the phase 7 of of Marvel. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just a fan who just enjoys the content that's given to me. So, like yeah. I'm like I I did enjoy a lot of parts of this show and and I I didn't hate it completely, but like there were just some things that irked me and and uh, it's not my favorite. I, I, still, I still think WandaVision is my favorite one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Just because even though it was slow to start and like maybe they could have used that that extra episode that was just still keeping us in the dark in the very beginning, like maybe they could have used that for something else. But I still think it rounded out and like finished up like, and that's it's, the thing. It, and that's also a very different situation. Like it actually had somewhat of an ending. end. Yeah. Had somewhat of an ending. This one has a continuation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm excited for season two for sure. Um, and of course I'll watch it because Marvel take my money like forever. So, you know, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I would love to see all these characters and obviously we have a different Mobius in the end, which was really upsetting when Loki comes by and he's like, Mobius, this happened. He's like, who are you? What? And it's like, oh, there's everything got changed. It's like, it's a different, it's a different Different universe. universe. Um, but you know who I'd love to see 100% in any of the next movies is, um, Wunmi Masako, who was like uh, the hunter B fifteen, she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. I love this yeah. actress. I think I've seen her in Shrill. I wasn't. Uh, she's in Lovecraft Country as well. Yeah, I, I, I like think her. it was a great performance no. from her. To be honest, weird character. <laughs> I thought it was. I I there. I think it was a voice thing. I think there was something about um, the British accent and everything. Yeah, maybe it was that she was changing her accent. I don't know. There was something about her performance that felt like it was a little contrived. Especially compared to, I think, the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. That was at least how I feel, felt. Is that there was some really strong acting. And I don't think, you know, she did a terrible job. I mean, everybody did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel as, as I think, attached to her arc. Um, I did love that moment, though, when she was in the parking lot. Um, oh yeah, with Sylvie. With Sylvie and yeah. and experiencing her old life, I think that was really one of the first times that I yeah I I really felt the, who that character was and that there was something deeper happening and mm-hmm. it was and they don't yeah. show that as well mm, what, yeah right yeah, they don't the show points. what her it's just all her which mm-hmm. I do think is a great sell I True. think that's because they they go through they go through the other um, Hunter C twenty. That's yeah, the they go one. they go through her kind of um, past or something through her past, and you see kind of it's uh, Sylvie interrogating her, trying to find information, um, and then you see Renslayers, and both of those serve their own sort of purpose. So I don't think it's necessary for you to see 
B-15s past mm-hmm. because why it doesn't serve any purpose, but I do think that it's just a solid kind of scene stealer to mm-hmm. try and just give her that moment. Um, so yeah, I agree with you, Paula. Mm-hmm. Also, um, talking back about Sylvie, I saw on Instagram there was a picture of her and she had shared that uh the costume designer made her. I sent that to mm-hmm. you. Yes, like her. Because Kimmy sent it to me. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I saw it on the the like Marvel something, and yeah, yeah. basically like her her costume could be removed easily so that she could breastfeed her baby, um, which is like incredible because like it, it, the the actual um, costume designer. I'm just gonna find her name. Like actually made that for her because of. You know she's a working mom, and she understood. It's just it was so cool. I, cool. I loved it yeah, very I much. That was yeah, I mean, I think especially the uh, all of the the production design and costume design of mm-hmm. this was, I, I think, certainly you know on par with WandaVision, which was so stylized. And I think that this was such another, you know, it was so just outwardly stylized. And I think that like they did, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier was great, but. They didn't take a lot of risks when it came to production design and costume and yeah. set. And, yeah. you know, I think that this was a lot more like, let's get as as specific as we possibly can get. Mm-hmm. And I think it really paid off. You know, they definitely talk about some of the uh, the lighting elements, especially that room in, that we see in the first episode mm-hmm. when Loki's in line, he has the number and it's just <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of lights Mm-hmm. above and is this like kind of play on a sort of bureaucratic environment but mm-hmm. it's it's almost like we don't know where these lights are coming from and mm-hmm. you know there was there was definitely such a knowing kind of monotony and and bureaucracy of the way that the uh you know the sets were built and the way mm-hmm. that the environments were really shaped and i think it was it was so so wisely done yeah, we had so the costume design by Christine Wada. Um, a lot of the set direction, it says the production and the art direction is um, a lot of women. The, the set mm-hmm. decorations by Claudia Bonfi. The series production design is by Kasia Farani. Um, the like um, writing, like, and I remember that the um, like main um, director is also a woman, and it's like mm-hmm. it's fantastic that Marvel has like this entire. I mean, it really is like a very women-led show. Definitely, and yeah, if I'm not mistaken, with... I think the the director when they brought her on, that was that was kind of her. Uh, I think her decision to try and uh, Kate make Heron. sure that the crew, yes. yeah, that that the crew had a uh, gender parity and that there were more women represented, uh, you know, behind the camera. It's great, That's awesome. I mm-hmm. love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was excellent, and also the the music was excellent. Um, oh, it yeah. was interesting. The theme song it was kind the of bizarre. Was so, the the theme song Natalie is Holt. what made me think the most of like Doctor Who. Like it was just, it was like it sound didn't sound just like it, but like it it definitely made me think of it a lot. And it was great. Yeah. It was a great theme song. Yeah, I even love like the end credits, like with all the the forms and like all of the. Um, mm-hmm. Just the so detailed. So I would watch it every time because it was like so dramatic too. The music was just really booming at that point at the end of the of the episode, and feel like you just were released, and you're just like, oh, you know, like it always gets. And they kind of felt like that with with Wandavision as well. You know, yeah. whenever it would end, you'd be like, oh my god, like now we have to wait another week, <laughs> like uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> So, sure, I definitely sure. think that this this show got me. I mean, I was already excited for this new Doctor Strange movie. You know, it being called Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. sounds amazing, but um, I think now, more particularly, I'm very excited to see what the fallout of this of this event is. You know, and that I think we're going to be dealing with the fallout from this show for the whole phase this whole phase of the of the marvel cinematic well, all universe. three of the shows too Definitely. because like they all left it in but, a you way know, a little bit to a lesser extent though i mean this mm-hmm. was on the most mm-hmm. gigantic scale and i think we're gonna see you know like with falcon and the winter soldier like we're gonna see some of those thematic uh, uh, elements of of the um 
the people who wish that the blackout had still happened, you know, like mm-hmm. that the flag smashers. We're gonna see some of that obviously staying, and I think that you know the effects of Wanda's um, <laughs> unhinged sort of you know foray into taking over a town and. Yeah. You know, messing with a lot of people psychologically. I think we're going to see the effects well, of that. But I think the effects of this. power as the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And she's like fully like transformed to the Scarlet Witch. And I hope, I hope Loki learns how to do his, uh, his do, does that, uh, that. Enchantment. Trick that, yeah, mm-hmm. enchantment. Which I thought he could already do, but I guess, but what, I don't know. I guess I'm confused about what, what is different about it. Because he, he could already, with the, with the Tesseract, he could like take over people. Is it I also thought he was already doing it, but I guess that was just that the, was just the tesseract. That was wasn't tesseract. him. Oh, like Sylvie can like take go into people's minds, but like he can only just like duplicate himself. Really, he's just an illusionist, like in that sense. Um, yeah, that was yeah. just what he had. But the other Loki's had various other things. Like they were they were pretty cool. Like um, my the, the scene that the scene that. Um, that killed me which was when the very beginning it was basically seeing like that loki had died like him seeing his timeline end so that it pretty much confirmed like it was like confirmed that when we saw when we saw loki at that time he was dead but now he's now back alive like that that's crazy and i I love that i love that like messing with your mind shit that like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that marvel does like keeps me on my toes i hate it but i love it Yeah, I think with the multiverse, we're going to discuss it a lot more. It is a little bit more difficult to say, like, what is real and what's not real. Because if there's a multiverse, there's a reality in which everything happens and the canon is a little bit blown out. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. And I just, I don't know. I trust those writers. They can figure it out. Whatever. <laughs> like, we're going to enjoy it. You what know? we do know is that Kang the Conqueror is going to be the... Uh, a big figure i think in the next the next at least few you know universe movies uh because i i just love the story that this all happened to in like like a thousand years after mm-hmm. the, the events future. of yeah. of endgame that this wasn't even something that was supposed to happen in the same relative timeline as the avengers that this was just an inevitability from someone down down along the timeline that they would come up with this realization in this timeline and that it was it was always going to happen at a certain point it's in, like tenet yeah you know? it's, it's remember true. that movie tenet emily it's like the same thing like with the people sending yeah. things from the future and yeah. they were like trying it was like the future was not there anymore so they were sending things back yeah and that was like movie just made like half sense the entire time but you know <laughs> what's interesting to me like i'm i'm curious about that because because at the beginning of the show right we see this whole series is based off of the scene in endgame when loki disappears mm-hmm. and he starts his own timeline yeah and from the series branching out right the entire thing is essentially not supposed to happen according to this particular king in this particular tva timeline mm-hmm. um based on everything that they're sort of curating so what i'm curious is about uh what i'm curious about is where does his other versions show up now because mm-hmm. yeah, he says that he he had killed all his other variants but now and, and you know on kind of our end game timeline where we go up to wandavision where we go up to falcon and the winter soldier we're not um, on that timeline. We were not expecting to run into any of his other variants. So we weren't supposed to have him as the big bad. But now that we go into this other version, we've unlocked a door where there are supposedly now there's going to be different versions of himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of the implication by the end that he's started a new timeline in this already branched off Loki series timeline. Mm-hmm. Right. We weren't supposed to have, any other variants of Kang the Conqueror, Kang. but yeah. now we do because of Sylvie. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is like a, I don't know. I, I'm now that makes me more curious to see how that interacts with the rest of, um, you know, what they have on their production line. Oh yeah. Well, what I've also heard, um, not heard, but 
You know, I think what people are theorizing too, and especially when Doctor Strange was announced, I think a lot of people are talking about how maybe this could be the way for Marvel to bring in X-Men and to bring in heroes that they could not have introduced before, you know, the Sony, uh, you know, 21st century. That's what I thought. That was going to happen in WandaVision and it didn't. And Me too. I, I theorized that in WandaVision that she was producing the X-Men. That she was going to be the one who created because an alternate reality. In in, in WandaVision, um, the daughter of, uh, what's her name, from um, Captain Marvel, she's in the show. And she got those powers because she like walked through Wanda's like... Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. Monica Rambo. Ma- yeah, and like she walked, she walked through, through the and force go- field. Yeah, and I thought that, oh, she turned into an X-Men because she did that. And I mean, in a sense, she kind of did. But yeah. I was like, oh, is this Storm? Because she, like, can but do that now? they gave her a different name. Yeah, and I was it like... It wasn't is she the not? name that like, I think <laughs> a lot of people expected. I thought it was going to be that, that, like, whatever, whoever, like, Wanda came into contact with in this town would now become the X-Men because, like... They would mutate. They would mutate, exactly. <laughs> and they're all from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and everybody's from this one fucking town, you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... That was my that was my idea, but I, it just I think it would have blown it open too much, and it was it was already too it was already too focused. Which yeah. I'm glad it you know it kind of didn't go unhinged like that. It was, <laughs> it was a yeah. little bit more. Specific. I mean, it already got it already had gotten slightly unhinged when when the other Quicksilver showed up. And I, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, like that was like what <laughs> the fuck. I was Neutral like, vision. okay, wait a minute here. <laughs> yeah, where's he? He's gone. Like we didn't even see where he went. He just. And this He's isn't got- even the right one. <laughs> it's the other one. It's the other one. Yeah. Was, I don't know. Oh my gosh. That was funny. Ooh. Yeah, that was just, you know, there I like the the this open-ended thing and um I do have a more, you know, back when Tom Hiddleston kind of betrayed us. I think it's <laughs> I'm not like a hundred percent I didn't hundred percent forgive him, but I definitely l- like him. A lot more than yeah. I did when that happened. Um, yeah. I'm he's definitely in my better books now, and I'm a fan of his again. Which you know he's, he's been in my better books for a while. I yeah, mean, I just yeah. I just never thought about him that much as much as I used to because you know in high school we were literally in love with him. Yeah, <laughs> it was him. like, and it's just over and the and top. Now, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh-huh. Take it from us. It was bad. Um, and take it from Raymond. He was there. I was. Oh. <laughs> And, and, to, and to think, like, you both had stopped with your obsession with Tom Hiddleston, and there are people that have not, have not. since 2012, that this show comes out and their head exploded. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They didn't even get to watch it. When I, when I, yeah, when I saw this, I was like, I was like, okay, I mean, it's Marvel, so I'm going to watch it. It's, and it's Tom, whatever, I'll watch it. Like, Tom's great, but Yeah. Like, Tom was really I will good. S- he was really great. <laughs> yeah. I will say that, you know, I really do feel, as someone who is not obsessed with Tom Hiddleston and was not sure? really, a, I sure, wasn't Paul? really that, maybe a little bit. I mean, he's um, a British actor. We're all obsessed with British but actors. But I, I wasn't like also that interested in Loki, just in general. Loki was always on the periphery in my mind. Like, of course, he's the villain of the first Avengers. And I like that movie a lot. I think it's so fun. Um And I, I liked him in that movie. But like, I also was kind of like, well, you you've played your part. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're right, on the periphery. Too. And yeah. I think that this show was really successful in actually making me feel a completely different way about this character and like have, you know, not just in that making him a good guy, like, you know, and making him sort of like good, but I think it was um, just such a uh, an interesting way of making me f- have a completely different relationship to the the archetype of loki and this this idea that history repeats itself and that loki is is the architect of his own destruction mm-hmm. always and that you know you will always be alone and i think that like finding a way to break that open was so fascinating for a character that i had no feelings about mm-hmm. i mean honestly wandavision was the same way felt so little for um you know scarlet witch for wanda and just you know the way that they used that show to explore the process of grief was so it just it made me feel so much more for where she came from and where she's going 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really good that they explored it, that in that show for sure. Honestly, I will even say that Falcon and the Winter Soldier did that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care anymore about Bucky, to be honest. I think that that was, <laughs> but actually about, about Sam, about yeah. Falcon. Like, I mean, I think that that was, that was his, it was his show, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and it, it really, it really paid off, I think, in the end. Yeah. In the end, it was, it was good. It's just really? like everything else was like not amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's for a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what we talked about in <laughs> yeah. the other podcast. So. Well, I, I will say now we were on a, a, a string of me agreeing with everybody, but I, I'm i curious now after what is Loki's character going into Loki season two rest yeah. of Marvel, right? Because his whole thing was that, you know, I'm Loki, god of mischief. So I'll, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do things cuz I'm selfish. And then right, the drawing that I had from episode 1 was oh, that's meaningless. What am I going to do now? We start to see I suppose hints of what his character is going to be like and for me personally, I'm not super excited to see I Sad don't Loki. see a lot with that. You know, or, or he's not even necessarily sad. Like, I think in the last three episodes, he, like, I, I still stand by. He's kind of a wimp. He's mm-hmm. just kind of doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, isn't uh, particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I still, like, from when Sylvie showed up to the end, I'm like, Sylvie is interesting. I want to see what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's pr- a pretty static character, she doesn't grow. She's entirely motivated by revenge, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of a weird thing for Loki Prime to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, that her, you know, her whole thing is that the TVA fucked me over, and now I'm going to get my revenge. And Loki's like, "Hey, you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. Why is <laughs> they, why is that a catalyst yeah. for them to have a relationship when they haven't really done anything except?" They both almost died. Like that doesn't right. make a right. That doesn't make love. <laughs> no, but yeah, if you need right. needed to make love, then sure. Um, but I'm just kind of curious. Like his going into the next season, I don't know what his character is beyond. I guess I'm the person that's got to solve this problem because I'm the guy that knows what happened. Yeah, that to me isn't necessarily like a hero. Or yeah. an anti-hero or whatever, like Loki should be. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't say one way or the other what he should be. It would be interesting if he was like an anti-hero, and he was. I think if he was still struggling with being kind of a bad guy, but he still kind of wants to be a good guy because he feels bad. Yeah, like I think that's an interesting thing to carry forward, and yeah. I would have liked to see that through Loki season two instead of seeing that payoff immediately. Right mm-hmm. now, he's yeah. a good yeah. guy. And he yeah. kind of loses some of, I yeah. think, his luster for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree. that's yeah. something that I'm, I don't know. I, I hope that he has some further character development instead of just sticking with where he is at the end of, at yeah. the end of this series. Because yeah. then I think I would, I would be more roped into um, him personally as a character. Um, the story, I think I, w- I would watch the story regardless because I find the whole ramifications of it interesting. But him as a character... I'm I'm now back to well now you're kind of on the periphery to me what else happens in your story you know yeah you're you're so right Raymond it's true really <laughs> I guess we'll see thank you for putting see. that fear into my mind Raymond <laughs> <laughs> why are you afraid what did I do uh, no, no because I because honestly I think I other than the actor being Tom Hiddleston and being in love with Tom Hiddleston like Loki was was great at being mischief was was great at like being a prankster was great at being like being really funny and like just being really cocky and like and like kind of sexy like obviously but like yeah i mean i hope that they can give him a trait or something that's like that's not like redeemable but like you know just something to keep us to keep us engaged Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because like because even though i i kind of i kind of liked little sad lovesick loki like i don't want that to be forever like he needs to he needs to find his new thing he needs to i don't know gain gain some confidence back or something i don't know but like i feel like this is definitely fueled by tom hiddleston and and the choices that he wanted this character to happen and i feel like he was a big part of deciding what 
he wanted Loki to become after playing him for almost 10 years. And it's just like, he probably was like, I'm a serious actor. I want to play him a very emotional way and have him have this emotion that we didn't see hardly at all. I mean, we saw it a little bit in like Endgame, like or in Infinity War, yeah. but like, it's just, it's not as, um, it's not like, I think like Tom Hiddleston himself was probably like, listen, like I'm a Shakespearean actor. I really want to be a Shakespearean character have a, like a lot of emotions and, and things. So I'm going to put this out and become this person. And it's kind of crazy how he's the very instrumental in developing who Loki is. And I agree it is, he becomes a little flat. So hopefully he can add more Shakespearean aspects to it because that's like his entire thing. That's like Tom Hiddleston's like MO. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is there yeah. a comic book? that's about like Loki becoming good. Like, is that, is that even, is that idea canon? Like within the comics? I'm, in, I'm interested to know. Sure. Probably. I don't know. I think there's lots of different iterations of every character. Yeah. Um, you know, there, I like that. There's a lot of different variants of Loki that we got to see, um, who ended up all becoming kind of like a similar, thing especially with Richard E. Grant's Loki kind of coming to that realization that being alone is not what he wanted and he grew old and became a variant um because of his choice to actually go back and see his brother and that was kind of like oh yeah like Thor's his brother like Loki loves Thor like we didn't really have a lot of that in this show and I feel like that Richard E. Grant kind of brought that back to what Loki is as as a character and um, like in Ragnarok, yeah. he he has that. Kind he's a of brother. He's a son. Like he yeah. has parents that he that he did care for at one point. Like maybe not his father very much. His, but his mother and his stuff. Mom loved his mother. Yeah. So that was really good. That that was like a small aspect of it. I I do wish we had more interaction with Asgard and Loki's character before, but that's just not. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. It's not gonna yeah. happen. Well, we don't really any have any uh, lasting comments. Yeah, we, we can just check up on these um, plot keywords here. We've got yes, yes, yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe, Shared Universe, Marvel Comics, based on a comic, based on comic book. Those are lame. <laughs> those are lame. They're terrible. Where are the other ones? There's 30 know. more. Those, those shouldn't be the first five that you see. First five or six, however many are usually there. There's always more. There's there like are. God, Loki, Norse mythology. Antagonist is protagonist. That's, that's okay. legit. That's legit. Surrealism. That's true. Male security guard, female security guard. <laughs> Woman cool. wears a uniform. <laughs> Gugu Mabathara. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love seeing her in things. I'm a big fan. She's, you know, she's up and coming. Even more. Even more so. No, we don't have much of it. Oh, there are there are critic reviews, but there's not really a meta score for this, so we can't really uh can't really go over that. Nah. But uh thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Paulo, for joining us. This was a really fun deep Thanks. dive discussion, basically. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. yeah thanks for having us. Yeah, having people, it really brings in new perspectives because there's only so much Emily and I can talk yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if you love listening to Raymond talk, he was in another one of our episodes. He, you, I checked. You didn't think you were in it, but I checked. He was in our Spider-Man um, Homecoming. Homecoming. Homecoming episode. And Apollo has been in our solo episode, I believe. And that was the last La La, one La Land. La La Land. Was that yeah, it? That, yeah. La La Land. I think that was might have been some other. Yeah, ones. I think those too. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. We're also now on Spotify. And if you need notifications on future episodes that we release, please follow our social media. We have Twitter at by the popcorn, Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast, Facebook. Just search all by the popcorn podcast and like our page. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. That where this this video, if you're watching it, is going to be posted, um, which is all by the popcorn podcast. Please subscribe to that. We also have a TikTok now. 
Um, what's the what's the thing at All by the Popcorn podcast? podcast. The whole thing. Yep, that's right. We're putting a lot and of funny videos on there now, so go check them out. Yes, the uh, the content content engines are going. Um, <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun. I edited my own video, and it would took forever, but I loved it. So I can't mm-hmm. wait to do more. Um, and then lastly, if you just want to say hello or give us suggestions on future shows or movies to talk about on our podcast, please email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.